0: This podcast is offered by the San Francisco Zen Center on the web at www.sfcc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. As I was standing upstairs beside the Han, waiting for the dencho to end the second round,
1: And noticing my mind was filled with thoughts of um, what I was hoping to say this evening and what
0: I was hoping to communicate. And what came into my head was about four days ago, I was listening to NPR, the news on NPR. And they were talking about um, the earthquake in Syria and Turkey, and saying, "I think at that point
1: it was like twenty-six twenty eight thousand people had died." And then that
0: section ended, and then they I think they talked about the Super Bowl or something next. And I was thinking,
1: uh, what do we do with ourselves, you know? We uh, stay forever in a state of discomfort
0: and distress with the tragedies of the world
1: or do we just blithely move on to the next news section? I hope what I have to say um, helps us all to um, find a
0: A capacity to just meet the world as it is. And then also. The treasure.
1: Our practice. And take care of ourselves and each other. Yeah. But I think it's a formidable challenge for us. What I was planning and what I am
0: planning on talking about is um, the theme of the practice period that we're in the midst of is to study the self. And um, I've been talking about in the class in um, the Anapanasati Sutta. And in a way, that sutta um, It, it, it has a kind of yogic trajectory. It's, 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 teaching how to settle, how to settle so thoroughly that, um, we can be open to all the diversities and
1: tragedies, uh, of being alive. And and in some ways, it's uh, an extraordinary
0: but not so easily achieved yogic opening down. And
1: um, what I'd like to talk about this evening is that That which um, challenges
0: us, upsets us, shakes us, unnerves us,
1: unsettles us, um, can also help us connect in uh, to that visceral place. You
0: know, in in Zen terms, you know, we talk about the hara that visceral place, it's um, as one famous teacher, Zen teacher would call it,
1: it's the center of the universe or the center of gravity. And I'd like to talk about it in terms of
0: um, receiving feedback. And I'd like to start with, there's a koan, which unfortunately, when I looked for it today, I couldn't find. But I'll give you the gist of it. This monk turns up at a monastery where there's a famous teacher. The teacher has 500 monks in his monastery. And he asks the
1: teacher a question. And the teacher answers. And the monk says, and you're the teacher of 500 monks, and that's the best you've got to say. Um, And the teacher says, yeah, I know what you mean. And that's essentially uh, with the con ends. know I remember when I first read
0: that, I was sort of surprised. Actually, what I thought was, oh, well, obviously, the teacher is uh, saying, well, I already said something wonderful. And if you didn't get it, your problem, not mine. Uh,
1: but then as I thought it's about it some more and practiced with it, I thought, uh, Taking in everyone's truth,
0: taking in everyone's disposition,
1: everyone's uh, way of expressing their life, rather than, you know, being in competition with it. Yeah. And I'd like to describe briefly
0: two instances where I saw Sojin Roshi, Mel Weissman, who died over a year ago, and who was my uh, Dharma transmission teacher.
1: And as I thought about these stories, I was thinking about, you know, when I witnessed these stories,
0: they seemed notable. But now I actually, I think of them more
1: as this was kind of the heart of the Dharma transmission that Mel gave me. Once, quite a while ago, maybe two decades, Mel and myself and another person were in the front office. And... The person, the third person,
0: was um, he? They ran the head off the front office, and they were annoyed with Mel, and in a kind of angry,
1: accusatory way, they criticized him. and. You know, the air seemed very tense. And Mel didn't say anything. for maybe a minute. And then he said, you know, I think
0: you're right. And what you just said in criticism of me,
1: I think it's right. And then here's the other anecdote about Mel. Um, something happened in Berkeley Zen Center. And uh,
0: there was a prevailing notion that Mel had behaved
1: inappropriately. Um, And it became it became a big deal in Berkeley Science Center. And again, Mel said, Yeah, I think that was inappropriate. And um
0: the senior teachers there, besides Mel, said, and and we should explore this methodically and, and See what needs to be done in reparation.
1: And Mel said, Yes, we should. And in both those instances, I was struck by Mel's um, seemingly unflappable
0: and utterly honest acceptance of feedback. And now I'd like to talk about an instance in my
1: own life, which happened in the last week, maybe a little longer. um, Where I
0: must say, initially, I wasn't unflappable
1: and utterly settled with what came up. Um, Someone sent me an email. And uh, in that
0: email, they were criticizing something I'd said
1: and maybe the way I said it too. And um, when I read the email, I was unsettled. I, I uh, And in my unsettledness, Uh, I was um, sort of trying to coach myself something I've said to myself because I think
0: it's uh, a helpful way to practice. And I've said to others, you know,
1: turn towards the unpleasant as best you can and let it teach you. You
0: And so I was trying that on. And, and what I started to notice was that in my unsettledness
1: um, there would be a a rebuttal. Yes,
0: but this and this and this, a little bit like we were in a court of law and I was the attorney
1: for the defense. And I I was experiencing within myself a a sort of
0: an inclination to end an intention, to open and take in just as Mel had, just as the teacher in that con did. Like, just take it in,
1: you know. Uh, this is a person's truth, this is a person's experience. Um, not that it's an absolute, but it is the truth. And um, so there was that part of me. And, and then there was, um, the rebuttal part of me. Um, and then there was a kind of um, unsettledness. Like, um, in that unsettledness, it felt like I wasn't quite in touch with myself.
0: It's, it sort of knocked me off balance. Yeah.
1: It, it, it felt a little bit like unfamiliar territory. Yeah. And um, my own notion of how to practice
0: with it was, um, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, turn towards it, open to it, experience it. And it's something in the experiencing, you know, what I've learned over the years from practice is that, especially when we're unsettled, you know, the mind can give rise to all sorts of
1: expressions of, considerations and can do a marvelous job of what we might call defending the self. And as I paid attention to that and, you know, we can't exactly Crush ourselves, and then
0: think, well, that'll have the appropriate outcome. It, it's a more, um, it's a more delicate and complicated process. Yeah. So, as I was attending to my own
1: workings, um, I was trying to come back to. What was the somatic experience? You know, okay, how does this feel, you know, quite literally? And I started to notice,
0: well, not unsurprisingly, surprisingly,
1: it felt um, unpleasant. You know? and, and in Buddhist psychology, You know,
0: the word Vedana is defined by gives rise to pleasant and unpleasant. You know, and we could translate Vedana as visceral feeling.
1: You know,
0: so there was a visceral, unpleasant,
1: disturbing, unsettling feeling. And and as I experienced that, as best I could, with certain, you know, uh, almost like outbursts of thinking. uh, As I would come back to that, something started to shift, you know, like the capacity to um, admit to, well, this person's truth uh, has validity, not simply in a subjective way, In an objective way too, that
0: in hearing their truth, something in me is being stirred.
1: And what is it that's being stirred? And the unsettledness uh,
0: could be like a noise that was, preventing
1: me from hearing um, and receiving and taking in what the content
0: of that email was, you know, it was more, I was more focused on my own response to it than the particulars
1: of the content. Um, and, and as I continued to just bear witness to that and try to contact and just open to the kind of visceral unpleasantness. Um, I, I noticed that something was starting to shift. Yeah that the plausibility of what the person was presenting in their email was increasing. Like, oh yeah, right.
0: That's a feedback that it would be helpful for me to take to heart. There's something in what this person experienced and how they're articulating it that's
1: helpful information to me for me to take in. And uh, s- somehow it didn't be need to be in competition with something else. I could take in that feedback and, um, And not have some kind of primitive um,
0: feeling that the world is being destroyed
1: or something terrible has happened. Um, No, it was more like, well, we all have our subjective truths. And sometimes they align and sometimes they clash. That's how it is. Um, And when they touch us viscerally, there's something um, potent in that for us. And as I explored that in myself, the the notion
0: that came up for me was, the the person was challenging
1: what I now perceive in myself as kind of unexamined privilege. You know? And there there was a kind of. Uh, That when the the way in which I think of privilege is is, as
0: when we're fortunate enough to to have the benefits of thriving, um, we we sort of unintentionally create a certain kind of entitlement. And then when our sense of entitlement
1: and privilege is challenged. It's um disturbing, it's unsettling, you know And as I started to let that in
0: for myself i I find that to be rather than just being an assault on my well-being
1: to actually be. A wonderful teaching, you know, that um, the unexamined privilege uh, it is—it sort of masks the reality of of the particulars of life that we're living in. Yeah. And And I, one of the dimensions I thought of
0: it was in Anapanasati, it talks about um, as you practice Anapanasati, there, there, one of the experiences that can arise is what's often translated as dispassion. And I think of it as
1: there's a way in which we can just accept. So it is.
0: Just the way the male said to that angry accusatory person, I think you're right. I hear your, what your voice is. I hear what your truth is.
1: And I think you're right. And then I would say to you, as I say to myself, how do we do that? How do we not
0: just try to ensure that our privilege stays in place
1: and the benefits we have from it are sustained? You know, uh, And where my mind goes with it, and
0: very interestingly, that that way in which I was attempting to make a visceral, somatic experience,
1: um, connection, was um, it had a different kind of truth to it from the privileged truth. It it, it was more that in this world um, we may think and we may
0: temporarily have privilege uh, and we may think, well, that should stay there forever, um, that privilege. Actually, this world is endlessly and ceaselessly changing. And yes, indeed, we do have the dilemma. I think the latest number of deaths in Syria and and Turkey is
1: 35,000. And then of course, hundreds and hundreds of thousands people now in the bitter winter cold. Yeah. Some of them, without food, without shelter, without warmth. And um, and this is the world we live in. Yeah. And we have the privilege of warm beds, good food, um, security. Uh, I read an article a couple of days ago that was saying that
0: some people were taking advantage
1: of all the turmoil to rob and steal, you know. And that's our world. And even in our own being, each one of us
0: is thoroughly and completely
1: part of dependent co-arising. But then in the teachings of Anapanasati and, and very much the teachings of Buddhism, when we open to this, uh, accept this ever-changing conditioned
0: existence, fierce
1: as it is, there's something about it that's freeing The holding of unexamined privilege, the holding on to it, it, it's kind of a flimsy uh, proposition. You know, we will continue to get um, critical feedback. You know, sometimes we'll get it from each other, and. Sometimes, we'll just get it from the world. A week or so ago, Brent was reminding me, it was the
0: anniversary of the murder of four young men just over there on Laguna Street, just past the corner of Page and Laguna. They were sitting in a car and someone came up and shot them. Probably
1: the consequences of some gang uh, warfare. This is our world, you know. And, um, Replaced with this fierce coin. How do we stay open to the world we live in with all its um, turmoil? How do we stay connected to ourselves, you know, with our inner turmoil? You know? And the the teachings of Buddhism. One of the responses is, Shraddha. And, and it's a wonderful dilemma because Shraddha means trust, confidence, and faith. In a way we could say,
0: this is the dilemma that Shakyamuni discovered when he faced old age sickness and death and realized that his privileged life in a palace was not going to, was a flimsy consideration.
1: And he sat on the path of practice. How do we do that day by day? How do we let something keep us alive? To. Our shared live life. Yeah. Shoko having a eight-hour operation. Maybe to leave you with that con, you know, how in the midst of all of this, do we um, call forth Shraddha, trust, confidence, and faith? Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center.
0: Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information, please visit sfzc.org and click Giving. May we fully enjoy the Dharma.